Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Trek actor and star of 17 episodes of the series Going to Extremes as Colin Midford, <laughs> Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and myself, your favorite forever ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the delta flyers wow Ooh, going to extreme is this the jamaica show is that the jamaica it's show? the jamaica show it I'm, is the jamaica i'm surprised i always thought we did 22 episodes i thought we did a full Fake. traditional order unless your wikipedia pulled... is faulty is your wikipedia faulty i don't know maybe yeah it's a weirdly obscure show I feel like we did more than 17 episodes. I mean, I was in all the episodes. I wasn't. Not you shot in. the pilot. You flew out to Jamaica. You shot the whole first season. And that was it. Right. And that was then, it. yeah, it was yeah. definitely one only one season. Right. But I didn't know it was a short season. 17 it was, is, is yeah, less, it, it than, is the less than the normal. Yes. The normal order. So wow. do you think they sort of hurried it up once they knew they weren't going to get picked up and they ended it early? Or do you That's think possible? That's yeah. possible because. The more I think about it, I feel like we did go home at Christmas and we didn't come back. Oh, well, that makes sense. So that could have been 17 episodes, before, you know, with the pilot mm -hmm. plus 16 yep. by Christmas. And then we didn't come back to do the back, which uh, could have been five. The back, yeah, the back quarter or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. Usually yeah. they refer to it. Usually you do 12 episodes. And then you pick up the back nine or 13 mm -hmm. episodes and you pick up the back nine. Yeah. They always talk about the back nine pickup. Yeah. But that would have been a back five pickup. Yeah. That's weird. That is a little weird. It's kind of math and math is boring. And I just want to apologize <laughs> to all of you podcast listeners for doing math when you should be entertained <laughs> by interesting stories and not doing homework. Yes. And having to show your work. So Yes. Okay. Having to show your work. Boy, that's bringing back memories right now. Remember that? <laughs> yes. You had to answer show questions your work. and show your work. If you didn't show your work on your homework, you it didn't, didn't get count. credit for it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So are you ready? What is this, this? This is someone to watch over me. Your, your oh, huge directorial. I uh, forgot. See, I come into these blindly because I yeah. intentionally, yeah. and I know you mentioned that last week. Yeah. But I forgot because yes. I try not to have any preconceived That's right. notion. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 I'm going to guess the director on this is RDM himself. You. <laughs> who do you think wrote this? Do you recall who wrote this? Maybe you might. You might remember this. Oh, wow. That's horrible that I can't remember. <laughs> I, I want to say. You're going to have to apologize to the writer of this episode. I know. <laughs> I feel like this might have been a Brian Fuller episode, but he was okay. That's didn't very he last weeks. Yeah, he was the story. He was the story. Yes, he sold the story, and he was one of the three people that contributed to the actual template. Yeah. So I so, doubt they would give him two in a row. Mm. So that doesn't seem right. But the tone of this feels very Brian Fuller with the the light comedy and the romance yeah. side of things. I'm going to stick with Brian on this for some weird Okay, reason. I'll go with I'll go with Braga Manoski, the the duo. So that's good, yeah, I guess. That's a good that's a good combo actually. That's a really good because yeah. of the seven doctor story. Yeah. That's a really good combo. Okay, it's very okay, possible. You're probably going to win that one. <laughs> wow. Someone to watch over. Do you me. remember guest stars? Fun. Do you remember any guest stars? Well, I remember my friend David Burke Okay, was so in he's it. in it. Okay. I had a couple of friends in it. This was one, this is my third episode. Yes. My first episode, I was terrified and obsessed and didn't mm -hmm. sleep. My second episode, I felt like was a bit of a whiff. Not, not that I hated my direction, but it was just kind of pedestrian. It was fine. Yeah. It was not an inspiring script to me. I struggled to get inspired by that script and figure it out it just didn't didn't that's grab half me. the battle isn't it if you're not inspired or passionate about the script it's very difficult to turn out a really good product so, yeah but yeah. but it's part of the job as a director mm -hmm. to find something yes and i and i did find something but it was more actor oriented maybe than direct than like visual so mm -hmm. anyway i felt like when i when i read this one i do remember feeling like really connected much more confident and i could see the tone 
which we didn't normally do that sort yeah. of that rom-com tone. We yeah. didn't normally do it. And to me, that is my sweet spot. Like I love that kind of tone with some yeah. comedy, some of the rom-com vibes in there, mm-hmm. um, you know, highs and lows of all that. So I, I, I was like, I know who's going to, who needs to do this episode. It needs to be David Burke, my friend. He's going to be perfect. Uh, Brian McNamara was another one that was a guest star in it. I remember. So you uh, suggested their names and they got cast basically. So you, you had some power there. Yeah. They Um, were both friends of mine, actors I'd worked with before. And I knew their ability to deliver on sort of the rom-com and the comedy side of things, which was great. Well, um, I don't know if you recall this, but in an earlier Doctor episode that we reviewed, I talked about Charlie Russo applauding, like giving Bob Picardo a standing ovation. And I think I was wrong. I think it was this episode. Really? That, yeah, I don't think, because I, I think I made that comment on Darkling or something like that, but that doesn't that doesn't seem right. I think this this was probably the one that, that Charlie got a Russo... Standing. Well, Charlie. because Charlie Charlie Russo was always critical of 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 um, performances of whatever. He never really yeah, he was tough on he people. Ne- he yeah. was very tough. He never really said like "great job." And I just remember well, it was walking very sarcastic. In. He would be like, he'd, yeah. he'd make he'd, he'd he'd try to undermine the whole thing all yeah. the time by yeah. by making sarcastic jokes. And that's why it stood out that he was so um, you know giving applause basically or giving kudos to Bob over an episode. Cause I remember walking into the soundstage and they're saying, okay, well that's a wrap. And then, you know, just seeing Charles sit there and, and it wasn't, it wasn't being sarc, it wasn't sarcasm. It was genuine, really? genuine admiration. And it was like, whoa. And wow. on top of that, um, did you, did you, you know, were you on time on this app in terms of delivering the app on time? Were, were you behind or do you recall any of that at this point? I don't. Okay. Because typically, if their crew did grumble, it was because, or rumble is because an long episode hours. was, yeah, it was long hours. So I thought maybe this was an episode that you also, del- not only did you deliver a I feel like our superior hours were, directorial. Yeah, I think we delivered, we finished on time, within the right time. generally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it was, it was really all around a success. Okay. The experience was good. Yeah. Great. My memory. I can't wait. I haven't seen it in a long, long time. Yeah, so I can't. I, same here. So I look forward to seeing that as well. All right. So everyone, we will be right back after we refresh our memories with this episode. Someone to watch over me, the big Robbie Duncan McNeil piece de resistance. He directed this and he loves this and he was good at it. We'll be right back. <laughs> Stay tuned for your bonus material, Patreon patrons. All right, we are back from Robbie's tour de force as a director. We're wow. so excited. That Good was job. fun. Yeah, that it was, was really, really, really fun. Okay, yeah. let's just jump right into this. Let's do our little um, poetry synopsis to start okay. off with. Okay. And here is my haiku for someone to watch over me. Seven likes to watch. Doc suggests she try dating. Toman indulges. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Thank you. You you started off in a similar way as my limerick. Oh, so, good, good. Uh, yeah. Okay, Did you use the same? Uh, okay, let me hear. Well, let me hear. seven watching, you know, oh, yeah. liking to watch. Okay, <laughs> similar idea. Look at okay, that. Here we go with our limerick for someone to watch over me. Lay it on me. It was a little something like this. Seven studies how Tom and Bellana have fun. The doc says he'll teach her dating 101. Seven can really sing, but she won't have a fling. Doc's unrequited love feelings suck a whole ton. <laughs> oh, man, that last verse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> suck a whole ton. We got ton in there. Ton does rhyme ton, with fun. 101. So 101. Yeah, good job. That's some okay. good rhymes. All right. So Michael Taylor wrote this. Yeah, but story by Braga. So I got story? part of it right. Yeah, story I got by Brandon part Braga. Of it right. Yeah, Michael Taylor. It yeah. was a, such a clever script. It was really well, well written. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by some newbie, Robert Duncan McNeil. <laughs> um, Let's talk about our guest stars. Guest stars. Here we go. Scott Thompson. I said yes. Brad. I couldn't remember his name. Uh, there's another kids in the hall that's Brad, but anyway, Scott Thompson plays Toman. Yeah. Uh, 
So he is most known for his kids in the hall work. Brain Candy was the movie that came out in 1996 that their comedy improv troupe kids in the hall did. And then they ended up doing their series. Um, But his first guest star appearance, he had a couple uncredited, probably he was an extra. Okay. In some movies or something. Okay. But the first credited job that I could find was a TV series, a Canadian series called Street Legal mm. back in 1987. That was his first job oh, that he's wow. credited for. Yep. Oh, that's, that's Megan's that's, birth year. <laughs> that's Scott Thompson, 1987. Right. Okay. Um, he was wonderful, by the way. I loved oh, working with him. He was so such, funny. Such a great performance. Really, was. really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we have Ian Abercrombie, who plays the Abbott. That's the Abbott. Mm. Okay. Now I forgot that Ian was in this episode, but Ian was a friend of mine as well. So you got him cast as well. Basically. I did. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I remember on this episode okay. going, I am going to get people that I know and love. Yes. yes. And Ian Abercrombie, who comes back in season six in Spirit Folk. Uh, oh, he does make an appearance, yeah. a different character. But Ian Abercrombie, I did a play with him called Child's Play. Okay. It's one of the ways that I know Brian McNamara, who's also in this episode. Uh, yeah. We have the same connection. Yeah. But Ian was so good to me when I, I took over for Brian McNamara in a play. Okay. Uh, so two of the people in this cast are from I that play. From that one play. What was the play called? It was called Child's Play. It was Child's a Coast, play. Coast okay. Playhouse. It was a commercial production of this uh, uh, revival of a play that they were hoping to either take to Broadway or... There was some high hopes for it. Brian had started in the play and then got the lead role in this movie, um, Arachnophobia. Okay. And so he had to suddenly leave. He had a couple, I had a couple of weeks to learn the role. It was the uh, one of the, the lead roles and uh, it was a great play. So anyway, Ian Abercrombie, mm-hmm. Ian died in 2012. I do ah. remember when he passed away. He was, oh. I think he was 77 or 78 years old. Yeah. Um, he made so during World War II, during the Blitz, the Blitz mm-hmm. uh, in England, he started performing, I guess, and he started, he learned how to dance or something and made his living as a dancer for a long time and won what? all kinds of awards. I don't know if it was ballroom dancing. Okay. I think it might have been ballroom type dancing, but yeah. uh, it might have been West End kind of musical theater stuff. Yeah. Anyway, came out to California to pursue his dreams of an actor, to be an actor in the late 70s, early 80s. And his first job was uh, Poltergeist, the movie Poltergeist, 1982. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Very famous film. Yes. Wow. Uh, David Burke plays Stephen Price. Mm-hmm. David Burke is one of my f- closest friends in the world. I've known David since 1990, probably. We did a Broadway play together called Six Degrees of Separation. David came in halfway through that run on Broadway. He took over for Evan Handler. Mm-hmm. Um, but David's awesome. He's a wonderful actor. And who does he play in this? Is he Chapman? Stephen Price. He's the very first. He's the holodeck date that the doctor says, oh, go try to, right. try to talk right, to that right, guy. Right. Okay, and that's he, David Burke. That's David Burke. Okay. And my... Um, my um, uh, my uh, autocorrect changed it to burn. <laughs> so it oh, says burn Burke. in mine. It's, it's Burke. Burke. Okay. B-U-R-K-E. B- yep. Exactly. Okay. Um, his first job was right around the time we were doing Six Degrees of Separation on Broadway in right. 1991. Yeah. He did an episode of Law and Order in New York oh. City. So he was probably probably back when we were doing the play. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and he got that that first on-camera job. Um, nice. And then lastly is Brian McNamara, who plays Chapman. Yeah. Um, as I said, I met Brian during Child's Play. Uh, I took over for him, so I got to see him do the role for a couple, couple of weeks every night while I was rehearsing. Mm-hmm. Um, his first job was in 1984, the movie The Flamingo Kid. Mm, with, I remember uh, that movie. Matt Dillon, I think, was yeah, in it, wasn't Matt, it? That's right. The, the Flamingo were, Kid. Uh, this, this he's like the back, pool boy. Yeah, this is back east, I think. Is, uh, yep. 
was it in Jersey or it was someplace in the something like that? It was like a coast, summer yeah. summer beach club. That's right. I think Matt Dillon was like a pool boy. And... He was, but he was from the wrong side of the tracks. You know, yeah, he was exactly, trying to exactly. trying to make his way. Yeah, that's that's Brian's first job was in that <laughs> wow, movie. So. I love that. Yeah. So my question to you is because I yes. you know as far as guest stars are concerned, I would say the prior episode where every guest star knocked it out of the park would be distant origin when we come across the dinosaur aliens i thought all yeah those they were, were amazing and yeah. i'm gonna say this one i'm gonna say this one all these guest stars knocked it out of the park so did you get a pat on the back from the writer producers in terms of i feel like i had you, to push a little on um i had to push a little on scott thompson Okay. Because he was a little broader and more comedic than most of our writer producers were used to. Okay. And then with everybody else, Ian, I think Ian Abercrombie came in through casting and I focused in on him and said, Ian's the guy. Ian's the guy. Yeah. After that, David and Brian were recommendations for me. Oh, that I said, you know, these guys have to come in. These these are good actors. Put them on the list, get them. And then I push for them. And I think everybody was, um, was on board with David and Brian mm-hmm. and Ian. I think it was for the most part, I think it was Scott, the the comedy actor. Mm-hmm. And I think we had looked at we had looked at some other comedy actors, and I think they didn't give good auditions. And that's why Rick Berman was nervous. He was like, nah, yeah. if we go too comedic, it's not gonna be like they just have to keep it simple, like all our Star Trek, play it straight, and it'll be funny. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a lot of anxiety, but I thought Scott did a great job. So. He really did. He really yeah. did. And plus, he's he's drunk for most of the episodes. Yeah, exactly. So you kind of got to play it a little bit broader or bigger. Than Absolutely. Normal, right. Absolutely. Okay. And cool. he and and Ethan Phillips together. Those. You know, I, oh. I, rem- I remember <laughs> Ethan being very happy that there's this clown kind of comic because that's Ethan's, you know, jam. He loves <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So the first scene, we're in the mess hall Mm -hmm. and we see Seven looking through a crowd or something. You can't really tell what it is. And then it rack focuses to Paris and we realize he's talking to Bologna. And then this camera sort of drifts around a slow 180 as they talk. And then eventually Bologna says, hey, do you see that? She's staring at us. I really was very happy with that opening shot. Like yeah. Kind of rack focus was not something we did a lot to tell mm-hmm. stories on our show. It was mm-hmm. it was a used now and then. Maybe Rick Colby did sometimes, but those long lens rack focus moments were a little less common on our show. So I was really happy. I was very happy the, the way that opening shot turned out. Yeah, um, I was also happy that your opening line is about Harry. It wasn't a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you were teaching me how to drive stick shift. And teaching you how to drive a stick shift and you I crashed backed back into in a, a burrito stand. Burrito so basically, stand. I took out a Chipotle is what happened. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So we learned that, which is what a very were we doing by moment. a burrito stand? Were we was it like a surf shack? Were we down at the Baja in Mexico? Like, That's what I'm thinking. You yeah, know, was, something must have been on PCH or something like that. Okay. So. You know, Pacific yeah, Coast Highway. Out to, yeah. to Topanga or Malibu. Yeah, and, I think so. Yeah, Driving probably, along the coast. That makes sense. Balana says in the scene, she's like, uh, she says, uh, well, what about me? Maybe you could teach me how to drive. And my first thought was like, oh, my God, I, I want to see the scenes of <laughs> yeah. Tom trying to teach Balana how to drive a stick shift. That would be amazing. That would be some comedy. It would be comedy. It'd be frustrating. Intense. Intense. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's the one thing that every spouse knows is to stay away from trying to teach the other spouse how to do anything, whether with a car, the, yeah, with with a car, a car for sure. golf clubs, doesn't matter, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's always going to end up bad. <laughs> um, Bolana, then she notices seven creeping around, kind of staring at them. And she's yep. like, why is she staring at us? Tom's like, you know, don't worry. She's just doing work. It's yeah. I'm sure it's nothing. Yeah. And then Neelix comes over. Uh, he offers some dessert. It's a cheese or something that he's preparing. And I think Bolana tastes it and says, oh, it's kind of bland. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, just kind of bland. Oh, it needs to be really bland. Yeah. For the <laughs> it's, not, it's like they can't. <laughs> this they is can't too have much any, flavor. Yeah. They too, can't take anything. It's only a little bland. It's got to be totally bland. Bolana then says, she's still staring at him. Like Bolana can't take it anymore. 
So yeah. she goes over, she's like, Hey, why are you, why are you creeping on us? And seven says that she's been observing and studying human mating rituals mm-hmm. and uh, taking notes. And Balana is pissed. Tom comes over, Neelix comes over. Balana grabs the pad. She reads seven's log where they were, you know, their arguments that they had. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, she says uh, she took notes on their last coupling or the last <laughs> in- intimate <laughs> evening. And Bolana is furious. She's like, that's crossed the line. Yeah, but she's mad. But then, you know, Seven Cup has that great comeback. She goes, I don't think anyone in that section uh, didn't. Everyone in that section (laughs) heard everything. So it's sort of like, you know, it's a common knowledge that you guys are getting it on because you're very loud, evidently. I guess Um, so. I just want to go back to the cheese for a second. Do you remember Roxanne Dawson was a huge lover of cheese? She was ate, she really? I don't oh remember my that. Goodness, she ate cheese all the time, and this in her trailer, she had cheese. It was just cheese wow. was a big deal. So that scene when he's handing her cheese, I thought, oh, she must have been in heaven. <laughs> the actress. I wonder. Herself. It didn't really look like cheese, though. It looked like tofu to me. I don't oh, really? Know. Okay. Yeah. All right. all right. Maybe. Okay. All right. We have a ship shot next. Yep. Uh, Voyagers orbiting. Kati, I guess this. Yeah, colony. we we actually see the home planet that or the, yes. the you know the the, the Kati colony planet, whatever yep. it is. So we see yep. that. We see that, then we go to the ready room, and we see Janeway kind of dressed up in her formal captain's uniform, which is kind of cool. Yeah, um, talking to seven. Pip. She lost a pip. Though. She loses a pip. She's talking to seven about all of the notes, and you know, hey, I heard there was a little little altercation about mm-hmm. your note taking i loved her line this is a starship not a nature preserve yeah <laughs> <It makes me laughs> laugh. good line michael taylor yeah um, and also I, I like the way they both played it because it was very casual you know jamie yeah. wasn't really that mad she was just bringing it up and yeah kind of giving her some guidance yeah giving her some guidance did you notice the mirror on her desk no she, she looks in a mirror that's like a like a tabletop mirror that's on her what? desk I was like, when does she have when, a, I mean, have a mirror? I guess she's getting, you know, she's getting gussied up. Form. I get it. Yes. But it just was weird to see this mirror in there. That's why she notices the pip is gone. And then she crawls under her desk. Great little, I love that kind of, yeah. that kind of very relatable business Agreed. that they gave her. Yeah. And then to ask Seven, hey, can you put this on for me? And mm-hmm. it just was very domestic and very nice and warm. That was great. I agree. But, Ultimately, the captain says, hey, maybe you should consider dating. Like, so she gives her that advice. Uh, my takeaway from that scene is she, Janeway asks Seven, why did you collect 30,000 gigaquads of data on the subject? Yes. I just, that's a lot of, that's a lot of info. She's really, yes. really into it. So, yeah. Quarter shot next. Yep. And I noticed this is a following. So the camera is behind all the actors trying to keep up with them as they yep. rush off to the transporter Which room. Not the way we typically not do it. the so way we normally do it. You so chose to do it this way, I, I guess. I did. Yeah. I was like, I like it. hey, they're rushing. This will yep. give us the sense that we're trying to catch them. Catch There's a up. lot of yes. energy. Yes. And uh, I thought that was great. I think that was a perfect, perfect choice. It was nice. I was mm-hmm. glad to see that. Uh, yeah. She does reinforce here that the Cotty are very pure. She does not want to seem immoral yes. to them. Yes. So is Neelix ready with everything to, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they're going through the list of things the mm-hmm. where he can uh, do his prayers. He's got to do his prayers like eight times a day or something. And yeah. so he's got a place set up for that. He's got yeah. bland food. He's totally prepared. <laughs> uh, get to the transporter room, two monks beam in. And this is where I saw Ian face ian abercrombie yeah. and i was like oh it was such a good man he was a Ugh. he was a good man yeah and i'd forgotten that he was in this episode so that mm. was i put a heart on my notes i'm okay. like ian yeah um i love the makeup for these aliens by the way i yeah, i do like their makeup yeah the lobes the big lobes mm-hmm. and the hair kind of coming mm-hmm. out um so it looks like in the transporter room what's happening is janeway and tuvok are going to go down Ambassador Toman, yep. which is Scott Thompson, <laughs> Ambassador Toman, our very pious, bland ambassador, is going to stay with Neelix yep. to get a tour. And Janeway and, and um, Tuvok are going to go down. And they're basically going to judge their character and see if we are worthy of right. receiving 
their minerals that we've we've asked them to you know if we could get some yeah and so, jane janeway and tuvok get these cool towels draped over them they do toman that's kind of toman cool. yeah they get their formal towels and uh yeah it's nice to have a towel it's like when you go to go to a spa <laughs> you know they give you a towel when you check in this is nice um, <laughs> or like a bib <laughs> or a bib out. exactly <laughs> so everybody's just head out from the transporter room um, next, we're in the corridor again, and Toman is being led by Neelix. Neelix is talking about the ship's systems, and uh, maybe they'll start there. Hey, and we Toman's... get another number. Yeah. We get and... another number. The crew of 146. Oh, oh not Richard. again. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. Why yes. do they keep doing that? Yes. And he was uh, he was going to take Tobin I wrote Tobin in the beginning, but I realized it's not Tobin. It's I Tobin. thought it was Tobin too, because it sounded Ian, like Tobin when he said it with his accent. Yes. Ian's got a bit of an accent. It, it, it came like out Tobin. Uh, yes, he did. I did All the right. same thing. So he's debriefing Tobin, or he's briefing Tobin on what's going on the the four one one for Voyager. Yeah, and he decides that okay, we have to head over to engineering. I want to take Tobin over there, and Tobin stops him. He stops and he says, "Yeah, you know what? I kind of want to try a Bajoran dish." called Hasperat, which really, you look at Neelix's face and he's like, the eyebrows go up. He's like, Hasperat, very spicy. So to him, he's thinking this is going to, this is going to blow his, um, his taste buds out of the water here. I mean, this is not really what I thought he would ask for, but Neelix is trying to be, you know, accommodating. So he says, fine, we will go straight to the mess hall. So they do, they head straight to the mess hall. Mm -hmm. Now we do jump to sick bay. And by the uh, way, I think the Hasperat, as I remember, was literally something like a flour tortilla with some red bell peppers in it. Like that was it. (laughs) It was was pretty bland. So it really was when when the props guys made the Hasperat. Yeah, it was like red bell pepper to look. I guess that looks spicy and some flour tortilla wrapped up. That was it. It was like a quesadilla with red bell peppers in it. Okay. All right. Pretty bland. Pretty, Pretty bland. bland. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We we jumped to sick bay, and yep. now the doctor is sort of examining seven. He's and giving her like a checkup, probably. Yeah, he's giving her a right? checkup, but he's also heard about. He's also heard about what happened between yes. uh, seven and Bolana. And I love that line when the doctor says. They say gossip travels faster than warp speed. And so I thought, well, that's pretty funny. You know, they got a little funny line in there. But the well, even her line before, I didn't write it down, but my hmm. memory, the, her line before he brings up gossip, she says something like information does travel very efficiently on this ship. Yes, when people does, want to. Something yes. like that. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Great, great, great teleplay by Michael Taylor. Yeah, really and, funny. Yeah, funny stuff. The doctor does the doctor does suggest that Seven should try dating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's intrigued. She's like, all right, she's down for it. She's going to she's going to go ahead and, and, you know, give it a shot. Basically. And he's and he's because he says, I'm going to be your teacher. Yep. Basically makes himself her educator on this correct. and uh, correct. He's going to be her teacher. He's going to mm-hmm. come up with lesson plans, mm-hmm. which we have a lot of lesson plans Yep, uh, that come up, come up in the thing. And he says, meet me in holodeck too. That's right. A couple two hours. Yep. So between that sick base uh, scene and holodeck two, we have another exterior shot of Voyager in orbit. Do you remember his last Cody line? Homework? By the way, his last line as he walks away to prepare for the first lesson. No. What was it? <laughs> It was. It made me laugh, but I'm like, "Whoa, that's what he say." You you wouldn't write a line like that anymore. He goes, "Most women start dating a little younger than you, but better late than never." <laughs> yeah, that that wouldn't fly today. <laughs> I, like, I don't think any writer would write no. that line. No, <laughs> but it, it it was funny because yeah. it was so inappropriate. I laughed, right. Right. but uh, Bob pulled it off anyway. Okay. Yes. Full time are, passes. We go yeah, to holodeck. We are holodeck two, and the doctor begins his presentation, which he yes. has entitled "Love Amid the Stars," mm-hmm. and he starts showing different alien species and their mating rituals. He shows a Klingon, some Bolians, mm-hmm. species eight four seven two, which evidently have five sexes. I had no uh-huh. clue. Can you I remember imagine the pronouns for a for a 
eight four seven two. Yeah, goodness. yeah. Five sexes. Five sexes. I do remember when we shot this scene. There's no. There were no uh, projections up there. Yes. You know, Bob Picardo was just pointing to thin air. To nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And we had. I think we had staged some of the photos, so we okay. we could we could say like, oh, over here is going to be the girl, and over here we had staged a couple, right. so we knew what was going to go in there. Yeah. But when when it got to the uh, when he says first contact, the chance encounter, the ovum, form- when it gets to oh, oh, fort- <laughs> yeah, when it's when it's the egg and the sperm attacking, and he says, Fort- and now fortress, fortress ovum, ovum is besieged. Yes. By, by countless little warriors and okay. he's doing this he's doing all his, that yes pointing with the yeah. we didn't you know what no, it was gonna be no clue so what I, it was gonna look like <laughs> i remember this conversation i was like we're gonna have a you know a bunch of sperm out there and an egg microscopic we don't know exactly so just do this everywhere because it'll cover the whole thing but it was very I was, funny i was wondering about his blocking his physicality there i'm like what yeah. is he doing right now and now because you guys had no image at that we didn't point know what it was going to be no so it's like instead of pointing to one yeah. thing just pretend it's everywhere there's a million <laughs> yeah. of them and- well he did exactly that for sure he did. He did. uh yeah so fortress ovum yeah is is the uh, description of procreation basically but before yes. that he talks about first contact the chance encounter the formal introduction um, so, you know, he goes through this step by step for her. Yep. And then he says, lesson two, encounter in a public place. So he tells her that he ha- she has to basically, you know, get wisdom or, or learn how to date by by really trying to throwing her into the deep end of the pool. Yep. And so he recreates Chez Sandrine, your holodeck program. Paris he does. Holodeck. He says holo program Paris three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chez Sandrine's. And, and takes I a shot that... at Paris. <laughs> does he? That? What did he say? Yeah. He just, he just talks about like how much time you spent there when you were in Starfleet oh, and, uh, Academy funny. and how, how it clearly must've affected your, your, your grades or something like that. Like he, he does another shot at Paris again. Nice. So. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice doc. The usual. <laughs> I I thought the transition because you know they're doing the slideshow and then you yeah. go from the slideshow right into Sandrine's in that same holodeck. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. It was a yeah. very simple transition on the close up. Start on the close up, mm-hmm. um, and then cut around to the wide shot. But it worked really nicely. Sometimes those trend. And again, I was learning a lot still as a director, and so yeah. to sort of plan for the flow of the of the way things would cut together. And think about things that were simple and elegant. Um, that one right. made me happy. I feel, I feel like, oh, I was starting to get the hang of like yeah. looking at the patterns of editing and things like that. It, it was a smooth flow. Um, and now he encourages her to go talk to one of the hollow characters played by your friend, David, David Burke. Burke. Yes. Now, does he have a character name? I don't even know what his character name is because he just says, go talk to him. And I don't think so because he's a... Oh yeah, Stephen Price. He introduces himself. Oh, he does say that. Okay, he does. He says, right. "Hi, I'm Stephen Price." Price. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, this is when you appear. So Paris comes in, yes. and he starts talking to the doctor. And basically, is this the scene? Is this the one where you felt like your acting was really, really on point? Oh, by the way, was yeah. What, the what, what we were talking about earlier is yeah. not in this episode. The oh. scene I was thinking of. I thought oh. it was in this. But it's it must be later. We'll get to it someday. Oh, uh, okay. Well, it, this was a good it's a good scene. scene. For you. I yeah. did feel it was, and yeah. this is when the bet happens. The wager happens. Um, Tom and Doc make this bet about whether or not Seven will show up to the ambassador's reception with a date, and she's got to, she's got to show up with a date, and she's, she's got to stay to the whole thing, leave with the, the date, whole thing, yep. and leave with yep. the same date without and not any cause drama. any drama. Yeah, and the stakes are you're going to pull double shifts for a month, something like that, and yep. then if you win, you get one month off, which is pretty good. I like yeah. that. It's yeah. a good deal. It's a good deal. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident. Yeah. And then seven comes over at this point and basically says she's mastered this exercise. She's done. She doesn't need to, she doesn't need to do this anymore, which is very, it's irrelevant. It's yes. It's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Uh, We go to the mess hall next and Neelix walks over from the kitchen and we reveal that, that Toman is there and he has been eating a feast. (laughs) Uh, It's just this long table filled with so much food. Yes. Which remind, what does that remind you of? Some like, 
I don't know. Okay, it's from the pilot episode when Neelix first comes on our ship. He's he's eating everything. Oh, he's got this whole huge layout of food, that. and yeah. So it, it just to me it was kind of funny. It was oh, sort of like funny. passing the torch. Sort of like okay, Neelix went through this whole thing, and now Toman's going through this whole thing, resampling right. right. everything, and the Katarian pudding. He just oh he can't get enough of it. He just it's just so effervescent in his mouth. He loves it, and yeah, uh, Neelix is like, wait a minute. Um, I know you want to try more, but Torres Balana has been waiting Bellana's for half waiting an hour. Engineering, yeah. yeah, yeah. But before he can respond to that, he sees a female crew member, uh, and I I have to make a note here. I've never seen that background actor before that before that day or after that day. So I was no. like, oh, that's somebody new. Yeah, it was probably some special cast or, yeah. you know, a special background moment. Yeah, special background uh, person. And he sees her on the other side of the, of the mess hall. And he starts talking about how the Cotty don't even mix genders in the workplace. Yeah, men and women Which, cannot work they together. They can't even work together. But he thought, wow, this could be kind of spicy. Then his alarm goes off, telling him that it's time for him to go through a prayer ceremony. And yep. Neelix is like, prayer time. And he's like, yeah. I could do it later. He completely yeah. ignores it. He's like, nah, but I want to skip it. I'd rather look at the woman sitting across the way yeah. there. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> so Did funny. you notice when the alarm goes off? Yeah, I, I don't remember, but it looked like he just pulled up his string and like pressed as if there's a button on the string or something. <laughs> I was like, no. I where is the alarm? Like, is it? What I, well, you must like there the, should you have must been the a direct, pendant. Yeah, but you must directed him on that, but it, right? it that feels was... like an oversight. Like maybe we hadn't thought about it till we got in there and we're like, oh shoot, we should have put a pin. He's gonna push or, his drawstring and it'll stop. So it. it'll just be on this. It'll just be boop. Yeah. Okay. Well, because I didn't really notice that, I think you got away with it. So I think it was fine. okay. Good. Uh, yeah. Good. I don't think anyone's gonna say anything about that. Okay. And do you have any other um, uh, observations no. about this particular scene? Okay. No, he's, he's, he's ready for dessert. And that's yep. how we finish that scene. Yep. We go to Cargo Bay again. Now it's lesson three, Cargo getting to know you. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting to know you is the lesson. The key to finding a compatible partner is learning how to share your interests and goals. And the, the whole dialogue between these two are hilarious. He's talking about hobbies. Like, what are your hobbies? Well, what do you do in your spare time? Seven's like, I regenerate. <laughs> it's just like, okay. Yeah. Uh, what about your likes and dislikes? I dislike irrelevant conversations. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, what about goals? And she's like, perfection. It's like, well, that might be good for yourself, but not for the other person. Yeah. And it's, it's very just, funny. Every turn of the corner, you know, she's got to come back and, and the doctor is getting nowhere until he brings up music and she does see some type of um, relevance in music. Yes. Right? Some relevance with the mathematical properties of music. Correct. Says. Correct. So he has her sing a scale. Mm-hmm. He just comes up with a scale on the computer mm-hmm. and she sings it and he's like, seven, you have a beautiful voice. Yes. Which is a lot to interpret from the quick scale that she's yeah she she basically went like la 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 he's like he's like blown away amazing <laughs> yeah but uh, it's uh, it's cute he's yes. got a crush on her he does well um, you don't well you don't know that until no, they actually sing it together when they sing it together i like how you shot that because they sang it together and i don't know if the script said this or not but at one point the doctor stops singing on a certain line and that's when you realize He's got it bad for seven. Yeah. That's because he's and, and he's sort of into the song. I yeah. wanted him to sort of get lost in the music. He he was kind of in his own world. And then yeah. when he looks over, it takes his breath away for a second. And he's yeah. like, he forgets oh the God. words. And then That's he's got to right. catch back up. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. It, it for me, it read as, oh my gosh, I'm in love with her, is yeah. what I got from that. So yep. um it was and, a nice and moment. It's, yeah, it's a great moment because. What was it? It wasn't a moment of him saying, I love you. It wasn't a moment of him looking at her like a certain way. Yeah. It was a moment of him stopping from the the singing. And that is what translated that, or that is what communicated that to the audience. Yeah. And I thought it was great. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, we go to Astrometrics next. Harry's coming in. We see Harry for the first. 18 minutes and 57 <laughs> seconds into this episode. You finally see Harry. Finally Kim. see Harry. And I'm strolling. I got some pep in my step. I'm like, I just noticed that I was like, wow. I'm you had a rolling in this there. This was a good scene, by the way. I enjoyed yeah, this scene. It was I a great it was scene. really good. 
was a good, uh, you, good you come in for uh, some uh, data from the last two astrometric scans. Yeah. You, you see that the crew manifest is up in astrometrics. You're like, what's that for? Mm-hmm. And she says, lesson 10, the first date. And <laughs> Harry's like, what? Huh? Yeah. And she, and she yeah. said, she says, I've selected the top two candidates. I have narrowed it down to two. Yeah. Narrowed it down to two. And you see him hopeful. I'm like, really? And, she, and he has to like music or something. And I'm like, I play the clarinet. I play the clarinet. Like, You're not one of the men sent. I was like, oh, how yes. painful was that? It was but funny, Harry's though. Still good. It was funny. Harry's still into it. He's like, well, let me help you find the Mr. Wright. Yeah. And she, he pops up one image, Ensign Bernowski, uh, who we know is Carrie. That was Carrie yeah. that came on screen. And then Lieutenant Chapman is your buddy, who you Brian McNamara, yeah, Brian McNamara, and uh, and I like my delivery of like Chapman's a good guy. It was just it yeah. was just like all right, I approve of him. You know, he's he's yeah. fine. So yeah, um, good scene though. Good scene. Yeah, it was a really good scene. Mm-hmm. We go from uh, Harry's approval of Chapman to the Jeffries tube, and there he is fixing a relay yeah. in the Jeffries tube. He hears a noise. He thinks it's uh, another crewman. And realizes that it's seven. Yeah. I I could ask you a question. That wasn't a true Jeffrey. It was the junction. Yes. For the, what do you call that thing? That when you kind of walk up, it's a tunnel. No. What do you, I remember shooting this right name of that. I don't know either. There's some ladders there and then you can go down a Jeffrey's tube. In yeah, one you could direction. choose to go because the Jeffrey's tube are usually horizontal, not vertical. He was yeah. standing in sort of one of those vertical sections where you, yeah. right? I don't even know what we call that. And I had no idea what to write on here. I was, I just said in the work area. Junction, <laughs> Jeffrey's tube junction. junction? Okay, it's a junction. I'll say it's junction. All right. And I remember when I was blocking this and trying to figure out how to shoot it because, you know, at the end she does say, you know, something about uh, drop tool can be a workplace hazard. Please be more careful next time. Yeah. I wanted the dropping of the tool for it to fall out away from his reach. And in a reg- in a horizontal Jeffrey's tube, it it's wouldn't really work. be out of his reach. Yeah. So that's why we picked that, but we had to get a crane. We had to, it was mm-hmm. a, you know, it was a bit of a deal, but yeah. it gave us a cool opportunity for a reveal of seven. Yeah. It was wonderful. You know, she she catches the tool that falls. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Good job. But it was a nice scene where she uh, basically says uh, she requests that he join her for dinner. Mm-hmm. He goes, Wait, what? And she goes, consumption of nutritional supplements. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I know what dinner is. He's like with you. Uh, and she goes, yes. Yeah. And then he's silent. And she goes, state your response. <laughs> like, state, your response. state your response. And uh, ultimately he's like, yeah, sure. Dinner yeah. with you. I'll see you there. How awkward uh, in her little funny board. Scene. Yeah. Very funny. Very funny. Funny scene. Uh, right. We go to sick, sick bay. bay. Mm-hmm. Yep. She, she pops in for a button of this, the end of this act and is proud to announce to the doctor that she She's has a date. date. Yeah. And I like that shot. It was a nice warner just pushing into the doctor's mm-hmm. reaction to that. And yeah. Again, I, I was really happy with the shots and, and the way that we staged these yeah. scenes. Very, uh, they all made sense. They flowed well. So good job yeah. on that. We have a bit of a passage of time still in sick bay until Paris appears and the doctor is just gloating gloating over yes. Paris about seven's upcoming date. And, you know, the, uh, the, the, well, the takeaway from the scene is Paris ends up calling out the doc on his infatuation with seven. Like Paris can see it. Yeah. It's, it's crystal clear. The, doc well, the doctor's like, listing all these amazing qualities because yeah. Paris is like, Oh, she's going out with Chapman. Ha, forget ah, it. Don't like hold your breath. Yeah. Yeah. He's like too that's, nervous. That's not he's gonna too work. nervous. He's going to yeah. run for his life from <laughs> right. her. And the doctor's like, no, you don't know her. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't know her how I know her. Like how I know her. She's yeah. got an amazing voice, a beautiful singer, and <laughs> so you know, smart and intelligent and creative. Oh, and God. that's when Paris is like, I see. I see what's I going see. on. Yes. Uh, we go to Cargo Bay next, and the doctor walks into Cargo Bay and mm-hmm. says, You should be getting ready. Mm-hmm. Lesson eight, set, dress for success. He says, Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of lesson numbers here. He does. He I, did her notice, hmm. I did notice her hair looked different. And then I was like, oh, yeah, because he's got to let her hair down. Yeah. And he has a very romantic sort of, you know, uh, gentle, um, intimate kind of letting her hair down. And he's like, and shake it. And um, yeah, when it, he gets it, flustered. Well, well, did you look at her look on her face when he lets her hair down? 
It's, that's a very intimate moment to let another human being touch your hair like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she kind of looks at him in a, with a very, there's a bit of a coy like kind teasy, of. Flirty. Te- yes. I was yeah. like, what is she doing? I was, I mean, I, I, that's what I'm looking at. I, I was a little shocked because clearly Seven doesn't have an infatuation with the doctor, but yet she yeah. played it with a little bit of flirtation there. I yeah, felt. she did. Yeah. yeah. I noticed that too. Yeah. And it flusters him a bit and he goes over to a console to pick out an outfit and show her some clothes. And she says at one point, she goes, well, I wouldn't even know how to wear these garments. And she says, here, help me. And she starts to take her clothes. She starts to undress. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, (laughs) No, you can, you'll figure it out. He's like. He gets nervous and leaves. He gets nervous and he backs out. I thought he was going to run into the doors. Yeah, that would have been. That would have been awesome. Would, he's walking been. backwards and hits the doors. That hits the doors. Yeah. yeah, but but he's uh, he's like, nope, no, get, get dressed and you're yeah. gonna have a great great date. Right. We go to Sandrine's, which um, is where the date is happening. So yes, that's cool. we, we kind of pan over off some people dancing. Yeah, and uh, the, the doctor's on the piano. Doctor's on the piano. Chapman's <laughs> waiting at the bar, and off his look, we cut over and reveal Seven's beautiful dress or cocktail mm-hmm. dress. Mm-hmm. Um, she she joins him. You look beautiful, and she, her response is, "Thanks, you look beautiful, you look beautiful as well too." Yeah, <laughs> which, which uh, yeah, he he didn't know how to take that, but it yeah. was a good it was a good uh, interaction though, for sure. They go to sit down at a table. He pulls a chair for her, but she just takes her own seat, and he's like, yeah. "Oh well, okay." He, so clearly, like moment by moment, Ugh. it's clear that she does not know how to date. Um, no. He's he's very nervous. He tries to get the waiter's attention very kind of politely and very gently. And then Seven, you know, jumps up and says, server, report to the station. <laughs> she like yells at him. It's like uh, the record, you know, goes off of it. And everyone's yeah, a, quiet and listening. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Then there's a little bit of a time passing. Well, the food comes, right? The food comes. And she's were confused. those real lot were, the, were those they were prop lobsters or real yes. lobsters? They were cold at this point, but they were real lobsters. They yeah. were huge. They were, those huge. were really big lobsters. And I remember we could only crack like two of them because we'd run yeah. out of lobsters. So yeah, we had to mm-hmm. we had to really think about how we covered the scene, right? So that we had enough lobster because I think we only had four total lobsters. Okay, so. okay. And then you had to sh- film it so that it looked like it was flying onto his clothing. Yes, exactly. His face. Uh, yeah, it was again, tricky. You got to figure yeah. out how to, what the order of shots you're shooting, because once you crack the lobster, you're you done. can't go back can't and, go back and uncrack, uncrack it. it. Correct. So, chunks go all over Chapman when mm-hmm. when she cracks the lobster, because she, she doesn't know what to do with the lobster. So she looks over at doctor and he like takes his hands, like break it, break it in two. Yeah. So she just takes the whole thing. <laughs> breaks I, it. I thought she was going to like just, bite into the exoskeleton of the lobster yeah, I did shell. Too. I was like, oh my God, does she bite into this? But no, yeah. she breaks it, gets all over Chapman. Breaks it, gets over him. Um, then they decide to go dancing. Yeah. Uh, they stand up to dance. It's a little awkward at the start. And then mm-hmm. she looks over and sees someone twirling their partner. Yeah. So she decides to twirl Chapman. And <laughs> she basically tears a ligament in his shoulder. He's yeah. like, ah! <laughs> he rips his shoulder off. Uh, the doctor uh, jumps up. Doctor comes over, scans him, and says, "You're going to have to go to sick bay. You've torn a ligament." But to don't be treated tell, by Mr. Paris. To be treated by Mr. Paris, but don't tell Tom about this. <laughs> um, Seven wants to quit at this point. Right. Seven's like, "Doc, I just tore his ligament. And I ripped his arm off. I can't. Mm-hmm. This is not working." Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, "No, don't give up." And he gives her a pep talk. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a yeah. moment where she says, you know, I, I don't know how to talk to people. I mean, you and I speak directly and succinctly to each right. other. Like right. I, you and I know how to talk to each other. Yeah. So he really, you know, it's kind of feeding into his crush, all these little things. Sure she's is. So the doctor decides to give lesson 35 to seven, which is the dancing lesson, which, you know, mm-hmm. we have a reference to that earlier because she says, to Chapman that she hasn't had less than 35 yet, but now the right. doctor gives it to her. <laughs> they get on the dance floor. The doctor reassures her, don't worry, I don't have ligaments that can tear. And they start dancing mm-hmm. to the tune of Someone, Someone to, watch to Watch Over, over Me. me. Yes. yes. Very cute. And it's very sweet. And it's a beautiful 
beautiful little dance. It's very mm-hmm. tender and very warm. Yeah. And um, I do remember for some of these scenes, you know, in Voyager, we didn't have a steady cam all the time. That mm-hmm. was as a director, we were only budgeted to pay for that special equipment one day an episode, I think. So you had to pick it or maybe one or two, sometimes they go to two, but, and so this was a day where I was like, I want a steady cam. I want to be able to go just dance around with them and move and flow. And we really used it, but I do remember like, you know, so you um, only used it on the doctor and seven dancing, or did you also use it on seven and Chapman dance? I think we may have used it on seven and Chapman as well. Mm -hmm. And we use it in a number of other shots in that scene. Like once you have the steady cam for the day, you want to use it as much as you can. (laughs) That's right. Use it. Just for everyone listening or watching out there, you need to be certified to be, it's just not any camera operator that can do, that can operate a steady cam. You must be a steady cam operator trained because it's, it's not, it's not the easiest thing to wield. Um, You are, you are in this, this harness type of contraption thing with a counterweight and you're, and it's just it, yeah. it's it's cumbersome. It really is. And you gotta be, you gotta be some you have to have a lot of practice in it. Yep. So at the minute that you were able to get that approved, I'm sure you use it as much as you could that day. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Toman is mm-hmm. sitting at the bar. We're still in the holodeck now, but with Neelix and Toman. Yeah. Toman is sitting at the bar with a couple of beautiful women. Yeah. A, a Bolian woman. And um, another woman. I just wrote two alien women. Two alien women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what the other woman was, but one was Mm -hmm. a Bolian. Um, His robe is now undone. His chest is exposed. (laughs) He's drunk. Neelix is freaking out. He's trying to give him some coffee. Right. Because Um, he's got to get to the reception. The reception is happening. The reception is going to start any minute now. Yeah. And Toman's like, you know what? I don't think I'm going back to my colony. I'm going to stay. I like <laughs> it. Here. I'm going to stay here on Voyager. <laughs> yes. So that this is a big problem. Yeah. And now we cut to astrometrics, I think. Yes. And the doctor comes in, Seven's working, and he asks Seven to accompany him to the reception. Yeah. To join him. Yeah. At the ambassador's reception. And she agrees. She's like, yeah. okay. He's like, is this a date? He's like, well, I guess, I guess it is. I suppose and they go. it is a And date, again, yeah. it feeds into the doctor's infatuation there. Yeah. We end up in mess hall. And we, we start off with this uh, scene in the corner where good old Tom Paris is telling these jokes to the Just rapid fire. Rapid it's like fire. Rapid fire joke. One-liners. Like Ethan Phillips. That was what Ethan this Phillips is what he would, would do. do. Yeah. You were you were basically yeah, you were doing your best Ethan Phillips impersonation in that corner. Totally. It was, was a good job. And um and Toman, drunk Toman loves it. He loves yes. every second of every everything coming out of your mouth is yeah. making him crack up. And Neelix says, I think you probably need more coffee. So Toman agrees. And Neelix is sent off to get more coffee, which yep. is at which point um, Commander Chakotay stops Neelix, confronts him, and he says, "This is this is uh, this is is good. this the first time we've seen Chakotay this episode? Uh, is we it? haven't been on the bridge. Oh, I do not recall. Just a, wow. just an observation. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think it may be the first time we saw Chakotay. Yeah." Well, he confronts Neelix about how drunk the ambassador is. And Neelix is, he's flabbergasted. He's so flustered. He's like, okay, I understand. I know, I know. And he knows, you know, the ambassador was his responsibility. So he's a little, he's a little flabbergasted. And the doctor Mm -hmm. enters with seven. And at at this point, you hear- Paris comes over. Yep. Paris comes over. But this is the point where you hear- Scott yell out or Toman yell out, where is that funny man? Where? <laughs> Which then reminded me of that recording that the that he and Scott used to listen to, you know, a little man, little man, oh, like you, yeah. know, you know, that little those two drunk people. Um, yeah, that conversation. So shut up, little man. Yeah, shut up, shut little up. man. Yeah. So that reminded me of that when he's screaming, Where is that funny man? And when Toman walks over, this is the first time I realized. He's wearing sandals. It's like Birkenstocks or something that he's got yeah, on. Yeah, something his feet. like that. Yeah. I didn't even know that. So I was like, okay, yeah. first time seeing that. Mm-hmm. And um, Seven is uh, prompted by the doctor to make a toast. 
Make a toast. Clearly, That's they've another, already been working another this lesson. Yeah. Another yep. lesson. She gets up. She makes a wonderful toast. Toman pulls Neelix aside and says, "Who is that extraordinary female? I want to meet her." He Neelix is, is just like, "Take a number." <laughs> <laughs> Take a number. <laughs> Great dialogue by Michael Taylor here. Um, yeah. And Paris tells the doctor that uh, he wins, basically. He's like, you know what? You win. And this is when Seven realizes that a wager has been made. And it's that can't buy me love moment when everyone realizes yeah. there's a bet. And oh, not a good thing. Seven is mad. She's starting to leave the mess hall. She, she gets intercepted. And Paris by, is going, look, it was all my idea. He's, yeah, he's, he's trying to protect he, the he's doctor. He's trying to, but it doesn't work. Yeah. She's, she's like, no, I'm, I'm leaving. Toman intercepts her, gets in her way, propositions he's, her. Yeah, want to go says, up to my quarters? You know, it's yeah, like, he's, oh my he's goodness. been studying human mating rituals. He's ready. <laughs> yeah, he's ready. He's ready. She, she's grabbing her arm. She refuses. She basically says, you know, if you don't let go, you're going to, you're going to lose that arm. And she, you know, pushes, pushes him past, off, yeah. pushes him past. And that's when uh, Toman makes a scene. Toman loses it. He's like, loses I it. want another drink. I'm the I guest want- of honor here. And he's like, yeah. I want a drink. And he passes out. Passes and- out, collapses on the floor. Good Uh-oh. job passing We're out. We're in trouble. He, yeah. 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 He did his own stunt. <laughs> he did his own stunt falling <laughs> yeah. down there. Yeah. Um, next scene, we're in sick bay, mm-hmm. and the doc's uh, checking out Toman. Yeah. And 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 uh, we reveal here that the Cadi don't have um, certain enzymes in their system that can handle synthahol. Down the break, synthahol. Yeah, yeah, the molecules of synthahol. Yeah. Seven, and then he wakes up, and I love when he wakes up. He goes, <laughs> "Oh." Seven, Seven of, of mine. mine. <laughs> My note Michael, here is that Taylor. yeah, the the Kadi are basically like a lot of Asians, including myself. Um, a lot of Asians lack the enzyme that breaks down alcohol. That's why, really, yes, when you're at a bar or you're at some type of social event, if you see an Asian person and their face is flush red, that's an allergic reaction to the alcohol. Wow. And so for me, yeah. So the more alcohol I drink. The more red it starts in my face and it goes, just goes down my body. Like, you know, wow. if I have two beers, it goes down to my chest. Three beers, it goes all the way down where my entire body is it's beat just red. red. Just beat wow. red. And it's just an allergic reaction because a lot of it, not every Asian, but a lot of Asians lack that enzyme I that did breaks down alcohol. That. Yep. So there you go. That's interesting. I wonder mm-hmm. if that was part of the research or part of what they uh, could have been. Yeah. You know, we're trying to, you know, it could have been here for the for the Cotty. Yes, but seven of mine, such a funny, funny line. He says another funny line after that, too, besides seven of mine. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah. He, you know, so she suggests, um, well, first of all, Neelix is freaking out because Toman, he says, is going to be banished from the colony and the trade agreement's going to fall through. And so that when he regains consciousness to look at seven, he says seven of mine. Seven then suggests using her nan- nanoprobes to assimilate yep. The synthahol molecules, and that's when Toman says, "Assimilate me." <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, the doctor, uh, the doctor, and Seven go to a different part of sick bay to start. Yeah, they're like in the science lab yeah, or whatever science part of room it. Yeah. is over there, and they're yeah. they're alone. They're talking. He apologizes. He's he like, "I really do. I truly enjoy your company. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry." Mm-hmm. And he says that they've become really good friends. Like, yeah. But you can tell when he's saying it. He's like, <laughs> friends. He's he literally even put a question mark at the end of it. She agrees with him. He, he goes, did. "Yes, we're more than colleagues. We're friends." friends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's like, "Yes, friends. Yes, friends." Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she leaves. She right? leaves. Doc goes into sick bay and asks Paris. He goes, hypothetically. Yes. How would somebody proceed if they've developed romantic feeling for someone else? What mm. should they hypothetically? He's do? asking Paris for advice right I here. Know. Paris is like the direct route. The direct be route. Direct. That's, That's be right. direct. That's it. Tell tell that person exactly how you feel. Yeah. And Paris and, knows that hypothetically means him. He already knows this yeah. in this conversation. And then and the doctor says, but what if the feelings aren't mutual? And Tom's advice is, well, that's the risk that you have to take, Agreed. which I think is a good human piece of advice. Like, yeah. 
it is very risky to put yourself out there romantically. It's mm-hmm. not easy, mm-hmm. but yeah, Tom knows that the doctor is talking about seven of nine and he, he reiterates his, his, you know, advice of just be direct, mm-hmm. just be honest with her. Yeah. Uh, next we go to a corridor. Yeah. We're, we're in a corridor. Tom, Tom and Neelix really hung over Tom <laughs> and Neelix uh, captain and the Abbot are going to be back on the ship any minute now. And I love how he's like, he's literally that you can see the room spinning. He's like, yeah. <laughs> when they get in the transporter room and when they beam in, when the, when uh, Janeway, Tuvok and Abbott, the Abbott yeah. beam in, I love when uh, Ian Abercrombie says, he says, you didn't indulge in any of their more colorful traditions. And then Scott Thompson's like, of course not. And the way and he his, says that, his, and his hair, hair sticking, sticking out. out. It's all, yeah, it's all disheveled. Funny. It's completely disheveled and it's sticking out. And I love, funny. yeah, it was, it was a great moment. Really, But great. then, but then the abbot basically says like, Oh, you're that's sp- too bad. Yeah, because you're supposed too bad. to. Yeah, yeah you, you should have. You could have explored a little more. As long as you're not too excessive about it, you should have. You know, they have a lot of interesting things. Yes. <laughs> mm. Really good scene. We go to Cargo Bay and we find the doctor. Looks like he's telling Seven. He's, oh, be- he's actually, taking. The shot yeah. is uh, we go to Cargo Bay 1 and we see Seven reach over for some roses that are on roses, the ground. Roses, yeah. Yes. So she. She picks that up and then then you kind of, I guess you pan over a bit and the reveal yeah, is she, the doctor she, walks in at that point. Yeah, the doctor yeah. comes in mm-hmm. and he basically in this scene takes Paris's advice and yeah. tells her the truth. Right. He's pouring his heart out. He's yeah. saying, you know, that how much he feels for her yeah. and how, 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 you know, when he's away he from her, he feels, you know, not complete, you know, that yeah. whole, whole conversation. It's very romantic. Yeah. It is. And it looks like they're about to have a kiss. And then of course we realize it's just a holographic simulation. There's a little and, beep, beep, and, and then, yeah. And then seven, real enters, seven, and, real, seven, real seven. Yeah. And, and she gives him a, a, an enhanced medical tricorder. Yes. That she is enhanced. She's she enhanced enhances a, the scanning resolution by 33% as a gift, correct? As a gift, a thank you gift. She says, lesson 22, thanks <laughs> for the memories. Yeah. Uh, seven yeah. Uh, tells the doctor that, uh, that she's looked through all the potential mates and she hasn't found anyone acceptable. Right. Uh, and that she no longer has a need. Uh, for the doctor to help her with any of this dating, no more right. dating lessons or anything. But if she is to come across a candidate that could be the one, she will then come back to the doctor for more um, guidance, yeah. more lessons. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then she then, says, tell me what you're going to tell me. Yeah. Is there something you want to say <laughs> to me? Tell me. Yeah. He can't and we know it. what he wants to say to her. Uh, he can't say it. He couldn't and do it. He simply says the last few days have been unforgettable yeah yeah and then she walks away and he activates holodeck paris 3 program and we're back in paris 3 yeah back in sandrine's and he uh he steps over to the piano sits down and plays someone to watch over me as he sings along he's singing the lyrics nice 360 shot i will say very well directed in this moment it was very well directed. It was very well directed. Uh, steady cam, it was nice. Steady cam, steady cam, steady cam yeah. 360. Look good. Yeah. Look yeah, good, was my nice. friend. There Kudos. we go. Someone to watch over me. Uh-huh. You laughed, you cried. You... What's your lesson? What's your lesson of the episode that you directed? My lesson in this rewatch is relationships aren't easy. <laughs> That's my lesson. Relationshiping is hard. It's okay. hard. It's hard for. It's hard for ex Borg. It's hard for holographic doctors. It's hard for humans. It's hard. It's hard work. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Yeah. What about you? Uh, my lesson is from the words of Bruce Arians, the former coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. I'm bringing in sports ball into this. <laughs> and he says, no biscuit. No risk it. No risk it. No biscuit. No risk it. No biscuit. So really, yeah. if you don't risk, if you don't take the risk, yeah. you're never going to get the, the, 
the just rewards. Yeah. Yeah. You're never going to know if, if the love could be yours or not, if you're not willing to risk it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to go out on a limb and it's not a very, it's not a safe thing to do. It's very scary, but sometimes you just got to go out on a limb and see what happens. Right. My other lesson from this episode is there are five sexes with species eight, four, seven, two. (laughs) What? That's my lesson. Um, my other lesson is seven of mine seven of mine <laughs> what's your uh what's your rating oh uh i'm gonna give this a 8.5 oh yeah. wow i'll go 8.5 very nice yeah i'm giving it a 9.0 Woo! that's not my highest but it's up there yeah, I'm going to and I'm going to guess that the average captain and admiral rating is going to be about 8.9 or 8.8. Yeah, I think it'll be 8. Point something. Well, let's yep. see. Here we have it right here. Let's see. Uh, the admiral and captain's average rating for someone to watch over me is 8.5. Oh, oh, wait a minute. That right was my first, that was I was right on the money. I did not 8. think 5. I'd be the average. Oh my goodness. 8. Yeah, good. Right. Mhm. I went a little higher because I'm a little sentimental. Well, you have to. It's your own thing. You're going to be proud of it. So that was good. That was really fun. But 8.5 means there are people that did rate this nine or nine, nine, nine point something. Correct. Yeah. It's an average. So, yeah, that's true. All right. Really fun. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to our review recap discussion of someone to watch over me. Join us next week when Robbie and I will be discussing an episode, which has a very unique title. 1159 not what? a lot of yeah not a lot of episodes are titled by a time one minute till midnight is what <laughs> yeah, it sounds like right. although Basically, or one minute to noon to uh, noon either. because we yeah. do use military, we have military time, time so yes. it should be one minute one minute to high noon uh-huh, okay uh-huh that's gonna be I'm, our episode i'm very interested i am too and for all of our wonderful patreon patrons please stay tuned for your bonus material mm-hmm.